Hey friends, welcome to That I May See, a podcast with myself, Miriam Boone, and Cody Balfour. And together we love just getting to talk about the Bible, talk about the wonderful things that we're seeing in the Word of God. This week uh, we have the book of Judges up, and it is a hard book if you've read it. Uh, There's a lot that's really sad and dark and hard to process. And yet, as we talked about it, um, I just left our conversation so encouraged by Christ and the way this book points us to him. I hope that you'll be blessed and challenged as well as you listen. I'm going to keep this intro short because the episode is long. We've got a lot of great content for you. Enjoy uh, this week's episode of That I May See on the Book of Judges. What's up? Hello. Hey, hey. All right. Yeah, sorry, my phone was a little slow on getting connected there. It's okay. Also, right now, your voice, the the uh, volume is perfect. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> um, perfect. Well, how, yeah, how are you doing? How's your day? Going good. Trying to, you know, wrap a bunch of stuff up before Christmas. So. Well, cool. Are you guys off this next week? Yeah, the kids will kind of be off school, although it's weird because they've been virtual. So it's like mm-hmm. it I feel like the transition into Christmas break is not quite as exciting as previous years. Right. But we're still gonna try to make the most of it. So Yeah. Yeah, what's uh, what's Christmas like in Nashville? Uh, I don't even know. I'll probably have to <laughs> um <laughs> I think I'll probably have to help with the um Christmas service that our church is doing. Okay, cool. And so uh, probably won't get to come back to Tulsa for uh, for the holidays. Hopefully around the New Year's maybe, but we'll see. Okay. Oh, we'll miss you. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I, 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 I hate it because I, I would love to come back around the time that we'd have like young adult retreat and so that I can just hang out with yeah. you guys, but dadgum COVID. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh man. Well, on a happier note, the book of judges. Yeah. <laughs> this book is depressing. <laughs> yeah. Um, just for anyone who's listening, this is, uh, this is the, uh, podcast called that I may see, uh, with myself, Cody Balfour and Miriam Boone. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about wonderful things that we see in judges. And, um, even though it's a depressing book, there is hope in it. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just a lot of uh, cool gems in this book that the Lord um, mm. shows his people. Um, yeah. But um, Miriam, I-, I was wondering, could you could you explain for us what a judge is? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it seems like judges are kind of in this position of um, it's almost like a government type position in Israel. Mm-hmm where they are, um, they're leading, right? They're leaders. Mm-hmm. That's how they're sometimes referred to. Often they seem to, when there's a time of battle, they seem to step up as kind of a military commander. Okay. Um, but we also see them um, sort of just almost in the tradition of Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, you know, Moses says, I wish that all the Lord's people were judges. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And so there's this sense of just kind of being the person at the front who is 
listening, hopefully, ideally listening to the Lord and leading the people towards what God would have for them. And I think one of the things that we really see in in this book, two things that jump out. One is that the people desperately need leadership, that right. without leadership, they are in so much trouble that things just continually sort of spiral down. Mm-hmm. They turn away from the Lord. They reject the Lord. They turn to idols. They harm um, they become not just the oppressed, but the oppressor. Yeah. I was going to talk and, about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but then we also see that these different judges that are raised up are, many of them are actually really disappointing judges mm-hmm. who end up walking away from the Lord, end up not seeking the best interests of the people. Mm-hmm. And even the good judges, it'll say, um, you know, so-and-so judged Israel for this many years. And then what happens? And then they died. (laughs) And it's like, you realize that the leadership that Israel needs is never going to come from a person who is going to die. Right. And um, who is it going to have a longevity to their reign? Um, to their role. And so it just made me think about just that longing that's expressed in Isaiah of like mm. this Messiah who is one day going to have the government on his shoulders. That's right. And that is, I think you read the book of Judges and you come away thinking, we need a judge who will have truly have the best interests of the people at heart mm-hmm. and who will, um, who will not be limited by death. <sighs> Who will not be mm. replaced by someone more corrupt, you know? That's right. Eventually. Yeah. So, That's right. Um, and that kind of leads us to really, uh, uh, maybe a good place to jump in. I know it's it's kind of intense, but the story at the end of Judges about the concubine. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, let's talk about that to start. To start yeah, off. let's. So we're gonna go backwards. Okay, that's totally fine. Is that fine um, with you? <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. I wanted to add one more thing before go we ahead, uh, go before ahead. we get to that because. Um, uh, after that, I would love to talk about the very first chapter with you um, because I think it sets the tone for Let's the rest do of that the first Let's do that? Do that first. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So here's what I was going to say before I get into chapter one um, is that I, I think what's really interesting about the book of Judges is I, from at least what I read, it seems to be the first time where you begin to feel this longing for a, a uh, kingdom. Mm-hmm. So before then, yeah. you know, they're kind of wandering and they're trying to get into the promised land. And now they're in their own kingdom, but it's just not working out. And and I think from here on out from the rest of the Old Testament is when they really begin, like not just them, but us as the reader, begin to long for a good kingdom um, and a good king. And obviously we get that with Jesus, but it, it doesn't come for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to point something out that was really interesting in chapter one. So you have this, uh, you have Manasseh, right? This, uh, mm-hmm. this tribe. And in verse 27, it's really interesting. Um, so at this point, you know, Joshua's dead and they're looking for leaders and stuff like that. But this Manasseh tribe does not drive out the Canaanites like God mm-hmm. tells them to. Okay, that's what it says in verse 27. It says, but Manasseh did not drive out the people of Beth Shan and Tanakh and Dor and Ablim and Megiddo and their surrounding settlements for the Canaanites were determined to live in the land, right? So they're mm-hmm. disobeying God. Um, they're supposed to drive these Canaanites out. And what does it say in verse 28? It's really interesting. When Israel became strong, they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor. 
mm-hmm. but never drove them out completely. And um, if you're reading the first chapter, one thing you'll see is that that term or that phrase forced labor is used four different times. Mm. Um, and one of the basic interpretive principles in scripture is that if there's any type of repetition, um, you know, the writer's telling you, okay, you need to, you need to pay, pay attention. attention. That's yeah. right. You need to pay attention to, to this detail. And it says it four times. It says it in verse 28, verse 30, verse 33, and verse 35. And so they keep on enslaving. And I, I kind of, I kind of wish these, in, these, uh, translators would just like go all the way with this mm-hmm. translation and just use like the terminology of enslavement. Um, like that's what forced labor is. It's enslavement. And, and so the writer of judges is telling us something that Israel has become Egypt. Yeah. In some ways. Right. Uh, they're really going to become Egypt once you get to Solomon and, and you get, they build this empire that is very Egypt. Like but right now, the way they're treating people is very Egyptian um, mm-hmm. in the ways that Absolutely. the Egyptians slave enslaved them. And I think it's interesting because, idolatry always leads to oppression mm-hmm. and you see idolatry all throughout judges you see them worshiping the Baals and Ashtaroth and and there's sexual idolatry there's financial economic idolatry and and it's so good for us to know because what people well most people don't realize about idolatry is they think idolatry is only personal yeah but idolatry always requires us to step on someone to obtain what we have, what we want. Um, you, you can see this in all kinds of ways. Indi- right? Individual sin has corporate consequences. That's right. And I think one of the things you see all throughout Israel is that the sin of the leaders, the sin mm-hmm. of those in power has so much impact on whoever is the most vulnerable. Like that's right. that is going to, is going to be, who's going to take the hit of your sin. The hardest is the vulnerable that's people right. around you. Which is why right. we cannot say that we love the poor or we mm-hmm. care about our vulnerable neighbors and hang on to private idolatry, whether that's it's right. sexual sin, whether it's the love of money, all that's of right. those things like that. We are going to be tempted to idolize in our own hearts and try to tell ourselves Hey, like this is just a a, a me struggle. Like right. the reality is that is harming vulnerable people around oh, us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it our, our like I love how you said it's our private idolatry, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it it always hurts someone else. So it's like if there is a um, so the idolatry that that the Israelites are experiencing or. or giving into is this kind of economic stability, right? They're mm-hmm. like, okay, we're in the promised land. The only way we are going to uh, attain wealth and keep it is if we enslave people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This, but but just, just in case we want to um, disassociate from that, uh, our personal idolatry always affects the closest people to us, right? So, so if there's a husband mm-hmm. that is addicted to pornography or has this sexual idolatry, that is, that is easily going to affect his wife, hmm. right? That's going, yeah. and, and it's going to be oppressive because we know, you know, that a lot of research and studies show that um, a lot of marriages where there is pornography, pornographic use 
um, always harms um, the husband, I'm sorry, always harms the wife mm-hmm. and, and puts these expectations on her that are just very oppressive and, and, mm-hmm. and just, just awful. And, or whether it's economic idolatry or financial, it, 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 if we idolize our own personal well-being, then we will neglect, like you said, the mm-hmm. poor, right? Yeah. It, I mean, uh, how many times have we seen fathers who are obsessed with money neglect their children because they work so much mm-hmm. right yeah. well that idolatry for the fa- from that father is affecting his kids he's right. sinning against his kids and so uh, it's just this book shows us that when we um give in to idols it never never does out. not that's right it never does not affect someone negatively yeah and and um, one of the things you see in the opening of the book is i think it's Caleb's daughter who says like give me a blessing Mm-hmm. And that's kind of this, this should be the, the cry of God's people, you know, going back to Jacob, mm-hmm. I won't let you go unless you bless me. And mm-hmm. I think God is saying like the path to blessing is never through idolatry. Like mm, idolatry right. is going to take you away from blessing. Um, that's right. One of the, one of the stories that I think is really interesting, you know, one of the challenges that you kind of deal with as you read judges is you see um, you pointed out this forced slavery, um, you, you and you see also um, women be treated really badly in several mm-hmm. key stories. Like I mentioned oh, later, the concubine. It's like the, it's like the whole book of Judges. <laughs> it is um, <laughs> the daughter who is um, promised by is it Jephthah who promises mm-hmm. his uh, you know his daughter as offer as a burnt sacrifice, and so it's interesting it's that. Judges kind of opens pretty early on with this story of Deborah as a judge. And she's described as uh, she describes herself in Judges chapter five, um, verse seven. And she says, mm-hmm. until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. And I love that mm. description because I think that God's people have always needed mothers and fathers. Mm. You know, yeah, like that's right. the family, the natural structure of the family just teaches us that like God's children flourish when mm-hmm. there's not just fathers, but there's also mothers. Mm. And in this story, we see that sometimes what the mothers need to do is step up and lead. And, mm-hmm. um, that's right. and so this is a, a really cool story. But one of the things that, that, I mean, there's so much here, but there's this interesting story at the end um, of, of Deborah's tale where. Sisera, who is this enemy of Israel, is Mm -hmm. um, destroyed by Jael, or Jael, I don't know how you say it, but um, who she invites him into her tent, um, or he, you know, he comes to her tent, and he um, asks for water, she gives him milk, he falls asleep, and she reaches for a tent peg and crushes his head, and this Mm -hmm. is um, one of a couple stories in Judges where someone's head is crushed, which is really interesting. It's the same mm-hmm. thing happens later on with the tower and the woman drops the right. stone. And anytime we see that mm-hmm. language of the head being crushed, I think we're supposed to think about Genesis 3 and how God right. promises that the seed of the woman is going to one day crush the head of the serpent. And so we see mm-hmm. here the woman who is crushing the head of God's enemy. And so it's this little glimpse of even in the midst of all this evil, like God has not forgotten his plan. God is still going to make sure that evil and his enemy is crushed. And one of the things that's really cool about this story, um, Jen Wilkins pointed this out in a study I did with her 
of hers um, that this okay. imagery in Judges chapter 5 where he it talks about Sisera collapsing he fell he lay down between her feet he collapsed between her mm-hmm. feet he fell there dead this is imagery that's meant to invoke um, rape right that Sisera mm. was probably someone who would have gone to the tent of a woman in battle to rape her and God oh, wow. leaves him dead between Jael's feet mm. instead of there wow. raping her. And we see this because mm. even later on in this, this song of Deborah, she says, um, are they not finding and dividing the spoil, a girl or two for each warrior? Oh, right? no. Yeah. And so what, is, yeah. what does Deborah say at the end of that? She says, Lord, may all of your enemies perish as mm. Sisera did. And I think here wow. we see like that's an amazing this observation. Is what God's heart is like God's heart, and when God's when God's when the seed of the woman comes, like any man who is trying to hurt or harm a woman who is trying to take mm-hmm. a girl or two for himself, like God says, all your in all of his enemies are going to perish the way the sister did. Mm. And so I think mm. this is just such a like, um, and, and really a, a way, one of the things I think you see in the story of judges, as hard as it is to read some of these stories, I, I really have been blessed by the way the Bible doesn't shy away from sharing the stories of women who've been harmed and people who've been oppressed. Mm. Because God is saying, like, your story matters, and it's going to be told. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to slide this under the rug or pretend this wasn't a part of the history. Like, there's a dignity to a story being told. And I think you mm. see that in the way in the way Judges kind of goes through these different things. So I, I think that's one really beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's such an amazing observation. And I think one thing you see in Judges that's just really cool, whether it's Deborah um, or, or JL or some of these other uh, women, is that you really, you see this subversive way mm-hmm. that God is saying that these women are actually um, succeeding where all these men are mm-hmm. failing. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that as an indictment on all men, but I, I do mean that to correct um, a militaristic, masculine reading of the text right because here's what blows my mind about judges mm-hmm. um actually not not about judges about the way you read judges is for some reason we see samson as a as a hero <laughs> which makes no sense that makes no sense and i'm just uh. like are you kidding me and i mean the way he the way he treats his first wife mm-hmm. um or the first girl he gets with and the way he talks about her and how in a lot of ways that like she's just a game to him um and and the way you know it's just uh, it blows my mind i'm like why would you put samson on the wall of your church right (laughs) you know painted with all these other you know with moses and david and even though they're they have shady past too but it's like the text doesn't really speak in any kind of favor when it comes to samson no um and until the very end, but then it really, you know, when Samson, uh, you know, dies and, and kills, kills all the Philistines in that kind of area, um, that really is more about God than it's about Samson. Absolutely. 
you know, and because I've heard people say, well, well, Samson's in, you know, uh, Hebrews 11. I'm like, that's about God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. not the faithfulness of those. Because it's like, if you were to read Judges, you, you would be like, really? Is Samson supposed to be mm-hmm. in that? In that hall of faith? But it's like, man, that's actually God's right. grace saving well, him. Samson even though he did nothing to mess up. representative of what, how the book of Judges wraps up where it says every man did what was right in his own eyes. In Judges chapter right. 14, it says that, you know, Samson didn't tell his mother or father what he'd done, but he went and spoke to a woman because she seemed right to Samson. <laughs> so yep. um, there's, you know, he hit this very self-centered kind of way of approaching. Mm-hmm. Another story that I wanted to highlight is in Matthew, not Matthew, I don't know why I just said that, Judges 18. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, there's yeah. this story about... Um, the priest and these men who've take Micah's um, take Micah's idol and his priest. And they go Mm -hmm. at the end of the chapter to this place called Laesh. And it says they go to Mm. a quiet and unsuspecting people. They killed them with their swords and burned the city. There was no one to rescue them because it was far from Sidon and they had no alliance with anyone. And Mm. there's not a lot said about this. But I think God tells their story and highlights their vulnerability. Mm. There's no one to rescue them. They don't have alliances. They're this quiet and unsuspecting people. And it just goes back to what we were saying at the beginning, that like idolatry harms the vulnerable. And That's right. it harms this whole people, this whole town, this whole city that just doesn't exist anymore. And I That's think right. that you... You know, you read a book like Judges and you feel God's sadness at the way people yeah. has harmed his world. That's right. And I think one of the things, and um, I'll say this, and I would love for us to get to chapter 19 because mm-hmm. that whole story basically ends the book of Judges. Right. But one of, one of the things um, I think Judges tells us, so, you know, Judge, the Judges, you could kind of summarize the book of Judges by saying, you know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one of the things that tells us is that like pluralism actually doesn't work. Um, that when, you know, even religious pluralism, it, it, it sounds, I'm not saying, you know, that you should like not tolerate those people. I just think as a worldview, pluralism doesn't work because you have these different um, religious figures saying one thing and contradicting the other. And, I had a friend um, text me and they, you know, they were, we were, we we're talking and they're basically like, you know, why, why is it important to worship like one God mm. or whatever, or the right God? And I was just like, well, I said, um, you know, human beings can't be loved uh, by perfectly or, or, or as well by the one who, who didn't make them mm-hmm. right like the only one who can love us rightly is the god who made us and i think that's why it's so important mm, um that right. people are are following and loving the one true god because he's the only one who who can love them properly mm, yeah um totally. and and who gives us truth to stand on you know that's a big thing in our day is like you know your truth is your truth my truth is my truth and i'm like well what if our truths conflict and we harm each other right Right. Um, that, that, that just, that doesn't work. And I think you see God just unraveling even that worldview mm-hmm. that, um, 
that when you do what's right in your own eyes, you're going to do what's wrong in the eyes of God. And um, so, yeah, but let's, let's get to chapter 19. I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I think just briefly go read the story, read it out loud. um, So you feel the weight of it. And I think Mm -hmm. particularly if you're a man who's reading this, um, try to think about what it feels like to be a young girl and be doing your Bible reading plan and come to Judges chapter 19. Mm. And they say to the old man who is the owner of the house, bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. And the owner of the house went out and said to them, please don't do this evil, my brothers. After all, this man has come into my house. Don't commit this horrible outrage here. Let me bring out my virgin daughter and the man's concubine now. Abuse them and do whatever you want to them. Mm. But don't commit this outrageous thing against this man. But the men would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and took her outside to them. They raped her Mm. and abused her all night until morning. Mm. At daybreak, they let her go. And this is why we have to read the Bible in community because we need to feel the, the weight of this evil and Mm -hmm. understand, like come from a place of compassion. When women say, I don't understand, like if the Bible is good for women and that Mm -hmm. those are genuine questions, oftentimes where they're wrestling with passages like this, like, Mm -hmm. how is this in here? And I think we have to remember, you know, things we always talk about of like, Hey, this is not prescriptive. This is a story. This is an account. This is a God's, you know, a accounting of what happened. And it's written out here in part, I think, so we can see the horror and we can feel That's God's right. grief and understand why God allows the judgments to come that he allows to come. Right. Um, but I think one thing we're supposed to see is you know, reading the scripture in the context of like, we're always reading backwards from Jesus. And mm-hmm. when right. we look at what this man does, evil comes knocking at the door and this man seizes the woman and he throws her out to be abused and protects himself. Mm-hmm. And in Christ, we see God himself um, confront evil at the cross and we have to understand the cross Mm -hmm. is a place where evil is being dealt with. And instead of God pushing out his bride to take the brunt of the evil, he steps Mm -hmm. out the door himself Mm. and he is abused all night long. Ooh, ooh, you preach. And I think that if you are a woman and Mm, you are struggling to understand some of these passages and what's going on, there's so much to be said and there's great resources out there to go look at, but the, mm-hmm. the clearest picture of God is Jesus. He is the exact right. representation of God himself. And so That's if right. you want to know Amen. how God feels about women, you go look at Christ on the cross and you see that when he confronts evil, he does not push out a woman to take the brunt of that. Mm. He takes it That's upon right. his own body. And it is his right. body that is broken and his body That's that is right. stripped naked and his body that mm. dies. And Ooh, yeah, so cry. I just, it's so, so <laughs> I think like, that's why, you know, anytime we read a, a text like judges, there's so much to, to learn here, but we have to read mm-hmm. backwards from the cross. 
That's right. And I think, too, that, you know, I mean, I, 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 and please correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, I don't know what it's like to be a woman or a young girl or, or uh, a woman at all reading this passage. But I, I, I think I can say with mm-hmm. confidence, one of the reasons that this book is actually good for women is because it tells the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it doesn't hide it. You know, we live in a world where people, as women come out and share their story mm-hmm. um, of abuse, people are constantly trying to tell them to shut mm-hmm. up, to quit talking about it or get over it or just, you know, don't just go to counseling or something, but don't, but don't, don't expose these things. And, and what God is doing is he's actually caring for women right here by exposing um, this injustice that's happening. And I love uh, what Dr. Mike Edmondson says. Mm-hmm. He says this to me all the time uh, or in our conversations, but he says, if it's in the Bible, it's because the Bible's a mirror and it's happening today. Wow. Yeah. And, and so we, we would be naive to think, oh, this is just stuff that happens um, in those times, like, no, these kinds of things happen today. And I, here's what I think is interesting about this story. I think this story illustrates the first time God talks about sin in the Bible. Hmm. Right. So, you know, God goes to Cain. Cain uh, is struggling. Right. He mm-hmm. wants to kill his brother. He hasn't killed his brother yet. And God says, you know, sin is crouching at the door mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's desires to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this scenario, this um, injustice is actually one of the most vivid pictures of that actually happening. Mm-hmm. And these men are, I think this is a real account, obviously, but I think in some ways these men are representatives of what sin does to us. Mm, yeah. Um, it's desires to have us. And what sin does is it abuses us. Mm-hmm. It harms us. It hurts mm-hmm. us. It has no desire for our flourishing. You're right. Just like these, just like these men in their um, interaction mm-hmm. with this woman. And I, and I, and I don't say that to minimize what happened to her. Right. Um, I just think it's such a good illustration of, of what sin is there to do. Right. It's there to devour you. And I think we're supposed um, to notice that this story starts in Bethlehem. And so the ending mm, of this yeah. story isn't going to come for a long time. Um, That's right. And in fact, I think we're also supposed to see, and we'll get into this in our next podcast, but the book of Ruth opens by saying during the time of judges, there was a famine in the land mm-hmm. and a man left Bethlehem. And so mm-hmm. Ruth is kind of like another angle on what God is doing. And particularly, I think what God is doing with women during the time of judges and it's, we're supposed to read the books together. Um, and so mm. I think like, don't, don't ever read judges and just stop at chapter 21. Go ahead and go read the book of Ruth and see how God's at work. So it'll be fun to talk about that next time. That's right. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, thank you so oh, much. Of course. You, it's so you good just, to talk. You shared some amazing, some amazing yeah, takeaways yeah, and, and content. Um, so before we get off, I, um, how, how, what is, what do you think is your main takeaway from judges? Mm. If you could just share that. Yeah. With um, I think judges, you know, really teaches us, like we said, the danger of idolatry and the harm mm-hmm. idolatry brings mm-hmm. to the vulnerable. 
And I think it cultivates mm. our longing for the, for the government to be on his shoulders. Mm. What about you? Amen. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I think one of the key takeaways from judges is that um, power, I'm trying to think how to not say this for another, the next five <laughs> minutes. Um, um, that, you know, I think it's that human beings are prone to abuse mm-hmm. power. I mean, we just yeah. really are. I mean, you know, you and I work with kids. I mean, we see we see what it looks like when a kid is given an, 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 uh, just an ounce of power over another mm-hmm. kid, right? Bullying takes place or, or some kind of abuse, and, and, it, and it doesn't matter how much you have. Um, human beings are not meant um, to have power over one mm. another. We're just not meant to. Only God is meant meant to have that and so because he's the only one who knows how to use it and has the perfect loving heart that he won't abuse it and um and so yeah at least that's one of the things i just see in in the book so much is just (laughs) so much abuse of power it's given power without love and then jesus wields it perfectly that's right that's right for sure that's right yeah well it was so good to talk to you i look forward to talking about yeah Absolutely. Right. Um, we will get together soon and we'll, okay. we'll put that out. Talk to you later, Cody. Bye. All right.